Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I'm kind of dreading this episode because it's not something I'm particularly great about. And you know me, I'm perfect, amazing, good at everything. So naturally, I only want to talk about things that I'm good at. And setting healthy boundaries is a tricky topic for me. I actually had to ask my therapist to kind of weigh in when I was like scheduling an outline for this because I just wanted to like see how things would kind of like plan out and like play out because I, I don't know, I'm not the best person to be giving advice on this, but she kind of phrased it to me in a way that like no one is really great at setting boundaries. And I think it's just a good topic to talk about. As always, I want to preface though, this is just my opinion. Like nothing I say has any factual basis behind it besides like maybe what I mentioned that my therapist is doing or saying, or like what her contribution is to this conversation. So just keep that in mind when I'm giving advice or like stating something that this is not, you know, not to take it too literally or personally because I'm a bit dramatic and I know it tends to upset people by the way that I word things and get hype about certain things that don't really need hype. So again, take it with a grain of salt. But before we get into this conversation, I feel like I should take a bowl. My mouth is already very dry, but I think I need another one because it's going to be difficult. So I think we can all take one together. This is an episode you could smoke too if you smoke, you know, like this is a good one. Because it's kind of, it's a vulnerability. I don't like talking about stuff that makes me feel emotional. Lately, specifically, a lot. That's a new thing for me. Like, I've been running away from things that make me feel icky and, like, shame. Even though I used to, like, openly embrace that. I don't know about openly embrace, but I definitely was a little bit more accepting of that part of myself. I'm out of fucking cigarettes. This is no bueno. Not good at all. Ooh, I feel nauseous. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to take a bowl. Cheers. Whew. Ah. That was spicy. All right. So let's just get into the nitty gritty of it. How would I define a healthy boundary? And I think in my own words, like I wrote my outline before I had therapy I wrote it the day of therapy, coincidentally. But I think a healthy boundary is putting your own well-being above others and like prioritizing or protecting yourself. Like I think ultimately it is a form of protection. It is protective. But I added below like for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like as long as you have your own best interest at heart at the end of the day and like all malicious intent considered, like you don't want to be a dick. But I think there's a way to protect yourself and like healthy boundaries do that. It's like drawing a line for the sake of comfortability. Comfortability? I don't know why I couldn't pronounce that for a sec, but it also invites like a certain level of stability for me personally. I think it could be in regards to like morals, vulnerability, past experiences. Like there's all sorts of reasons and why we set up healthy boundaries in communication, in relationships, like in all aspects of life, because it ultimately is like drawing a line. Like you're like, no, like this is my limit and you're setting a boundary, setting a limit. I'm like trying to define the word without using the word. You know what I mean? That's kind of a hard one to do. But one of the questions I want to talk about was like, how did I realize I was bad at setting healthy boundaries? And I think it's important to stress that I grew up in a traditional household and it kind of quickly moved to non-traditional as I got older. And especially in my formative years, it was really rough. My parents weren't always the type to, I guess what I would say, follow through. Like both had like a pretty tumultuous marriage. And I've always been like a people pleaser. So I was what I would call and would kind of still call a doormat for a long time. 
And I used to be really like shy. So I think that's why I kind of struggled personally with setting boundaries. Like I feared confrontation and I, I still do. And that is something that I learned through therapy is pretty fucking normal. And, and I think in a way, like a boundary is a sense of confrontation. You know, I think it's kind of getting real with your circumstances and getting real with what you're comfortable and uncomfortable with. I also have just had like really poor self-esteem my whole life. Like I struggle with anxiety, self-image, body dysmorphia, and then like, you know, stuff like that that I've discussed in the past. So it's really hard for me to think highly of myself and think that I deserve to like draw these lines and like have some sort of power in my relationships, which like you do deserve to ultimately have power over yourself. And sometimes I don't feel like that. Like I don't have control of myself. And it is a form of control too, now that I think about it. But I'm also like attracted to narcissists and people like that and emotionally unavailable and withdrawn. And I kind of accepted that treatment that I thought I quote unquote deserved from others, you know, both romantically and platonically. I've had really hard time not like conforming to someone else that people want me to be instead of feeling like I'm acting like myself. Like that's definitely something that I've kind of struggled with as I've gotten older. And like as I matured, noticed these patterns in the people that I chose to surround myself with, particularly as I got into like college or maybe like late high school, I kind of realized that I was fostering like an unhealthy environment by letting these people walk all over me, by being boundaryless. Particularly as I got, you know, like older, it was just something that I picked up on and something that I became more self-aware of and how my relationships affected me because I was boundaryless again. When was like the first time that I remember having to set a boundary, I think is another really great question. After quarantine, I had gotten into a really dark place, like just a bad spot. And I just kind of lost myself for a little bit. But one of the actions I took to better my mental health was cutting off a lot of my friends from high school not long after moving home for lockdown. This was something that my therapist brought up that we'll later get into and like what kind of boundary that exactly is. But I felt like I had worked so hard to escape like my bubble that my closest friends were also struggling mentally and I couldn't stand by and continue to be used as a doormat by them as they got worse. Like I've always kind of felt like a punching bag for that reason. And it's not even just like my friends and relationships that are emotionally manipulative in that kind of sense. And where I don't put up enough boundaries that I let people break mine down. Like they're just weak boundaries and maybe unhealthy boundaries. So my family in particular takes a lot of advantage of me like all the time because I'm what they would call stable. Like shockingly compared to my family dysfunction, I am the one who has it like the most together. You would never fucking guess, but I feel like I do. So a lot of the time they take advantage of that. Like that because I'm stronger and got a lot more going for me than everyone else that I need to like, I don't know, make changes and compromises for everyone else around me because they've had to make so many compromises for me or so they say. Anyways, I had kind of like just decided to cut people off and that was like my first experience with a boundary. And it wasn't the healthiest of boundaries now, like looking back on that situation. But I do recommend that if you feel like people are being toxic, cut them the fuck off. Like, why are you continuing to like let people who make you feel really negative about yourself? And I think that all goes back to like, I was even talking about today in a TikTok, like the way that you treat yourself is really a mirror of how other people are going to treat you. So if you're like treating yourself like a piece of shit and you're vocalizing this negative self-talk and like being really down on yourself, of course people are going to walk all over you. Like they can smell that low self-esteem from a mile away. 
And manipulators will use that against you. You know, like being vulnerable and weak is fun until people see a soft spot in you and just, you know, take it and run with it. And it's really shitty that there's people out there that would do that. But that's why we have boundaries, you know, like that's why we have healthy and unhealthy boundaries. And this is, you know, the importance of them is, again, protective and a way that you can maintain control of yourself. And it's almost like a regulator for you too. Like not just other people, but for yourself. Coming from someone who didn't always have them. I need to take a sip of my Bev. I'm drinking a Pepsi because Taco Bell doesn't have Diet Coke products. Doesn't have any Coke products. Sad. Not like picky with my beverages though, so it doesn't matter. Something that's really important though to get back on subject (laughs) away from the soda was how did therapy help me to learn to create like healthier boundaries? Because I think this is something that's like worth bringing up and helping people who I guess like aren't necessarily ready to get into therapy because I feel like a lot of y'all, you know, have a lot of reasons as to like why you can't go or why you don't feel like you should go. So coming from my perspective, I got in therapy at a young age in order to break the generational cycle. My mom kind of posed it to me as someone to talk to, like just someone to kind of, I don't know, like I didn't really talk to her. So she wanted me to like feel like I could open up and be truthful to someone to kind of be the voice of reason because she knew like little me had no sense of rationality. Very impulsive. My third or fourth therapist, I can't really remember which, was the first to have me like really analyze my own behavior. My self-awareness like around my own attitudes and like where my emotions were coming from and like kind of looking deeper into myself all started around like age 16 or 17. But correcting the behavior, like actually taking the steps to better my mental health and create these healthy boundaries and be a better person didn't really come about until I was like 19. It took a lot of therapy to get me to a point where I even wanted to change it. You know, your brain kind of gets wired to respond in a certain way, especially that young. And I think that now that I've gotten older, I've literally at 21 years old, still have to think before I speak because my brain is wired to just like not it's self-sabotage. Like that's the best way that I can put it. I purposely seek out situations that are bad for me. And I think that that's so interesting. Like just something that I've kind of observed. So when you are boundaryless, it's like a form of self-harm in a way, or if you're only establishing unhealthy boundaries, which is kind of my next question. Like, is there such a thing as unhealthy boundaries? Because I've been mentioning this and I absolutely believe so. This was like my initial problem. Like I was mentioning before, like I almost took it too far by cutting out negativity, I cut off a lot of people unnecessarily. Like, do I think that some people weren't beneficial to my life and deserved kind of the ice out a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And I think I communicated that with the people that I needed to, but I heard a lot of other people in the process because I kind of got like trigger happy with it. Like I was so excited to like finally have a boundary that I almost overdid it. And I took it to the extremes. A healthy boundary could be something as simple as saying no, but I feel like an unhealthy boundary is anything that like, it's almost overprotective. I think it can range on a scale. Like to me, an unhealthy boundary, it's self-harm. Like it's in some way harming your relationship rather than helping it. I'm trying to think of instances in where I've had like other unhealthy boundaries. I know I'm going into a large one later, but I think that one of the huge problems that I have kind of had is I'll block like, you know, my ex, but I'll unblock him when I get drunk. 
And I think that's a super unhealthy fucking boundary because here I am trying to be like, okay, no contact, but I'm letting him in and out like when I please. And whenever he, you know, like calls me and I'm drunk and I like answer the fucking phone, I'm like, really? Like, did we need to do this? It just kind of feels stupid. Like something like that, you know? I feel like also unhealthy boundaries are like when you're in a relationship and you tell the significant other that they can't, you know, like have any, like they can't hang out with their friends more than they hang out with you. Or like you both like check each other's phone. Like you have to have access to each other's phone. It's like where you can kind of understand where they're coming from, but it's almost like they took it to an extreme level. It's like taking it to another step. Like I think a boundary is a lot simpler than that. And just like a refusal in some ways, a refusal to put up with a certain type of treatment, a refusal in all sorts of aspects. But how have these, you know, like thinking about it and how they've kind of impacted my last like and past relationships, whether it's platonic or romantic, I have insane fucking trust issues because I was a doormat. It could be hard for me not to create unhealthy or toxic boundaries as a result of this. Like I said, like once I figured out how to do it, now it's like almost gone into overdrive in the sense that I'm overprotective and I'm over controlling and like a little too much when it comes to protecting myself. I'm walled. You wouldn't think so, right? Like I'm the type of bitch who literally goes on and on and on about herself online and all of this bullshit. But here I am telling you guys like, nah, it is, it couldn't be further from the truth. Like I am very much, I don't know. I would say controlling would be the best word, like control freak. That's what comes with the chaos. You feel like you can't control anything else. So you control like my new other aspects of your life. Something is like, I consider how they impact me and not always the other person. Like something that I stand by is that college students are like the most self-obsessed generation. Like 20 year olds are inherently self-absorbed. I think that it's really hard to think about anything or anyone else besides you at this stage in your life because everyone's so wrapped up in like what's going on for them. Everyone has shit going on. In a way that like my therapist kind of breaks it down for me is like everyone at this point in their lives has kind of been through something traumatic. Like at this point, you know, being 21, something has happened that has, you know, changed your perspective on life or altered it or altered the way that you behave or treat things and kind of viewing it from that perspective. Yeah. I think it's hard for people to think outside of themselves at this age and like whatever everyone's going through. And then I think part of my issue is that I have kind of a healer complex. Like it goes with the people pleasing sort of vibe in both platonic and romantic relationships. That's super fun. I realized that as I got to be like, you know, in college was I wasn't just, you know, trying to heal men and broken, damaged men. I was trying to heal broken, damaged women and like men in my friendships as well. And something that always kind of really bothered me was like, you marry men like your father, like that quote, because my dad is a raging fucking like narcissist, recovering alcoholic, anger issues, emotionally unavailable. He's a fucking triple Leo. Man is a nightmare. If you don't know anything about astrology, you don't even need to know anything about it. You know, like you could have seen one TikTok and you hear that bullshit and you're like, oh no, that that sounds like a nightmare. It's because he is. And I see traits of him reflected in the men that I choose for sure. And it's really annoying. Like I have mentioned to my therapist, some of the guys that I've been talking to and describe their qualities. Even about my last boyfriend, she's like, oh my God, you're like dating your father. 
checked out. I love checked out people. And then they get angry, like checked out guys with anger issues because they can't express fucking shit. I love it. And then they like emotionally manipulate me. It's fucking horrible and awesome at the same time. Like, I don't know why I'm obsessed with that. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's a reason I'm in therapy. Actually, it's my dad. Okay, hold on, backtrack. (laughs) Anyways, the only time that my family was loud was when they were happy. So silence kind of became a weapon of psychological war for me rather than a place of comfort. And that's why I always talk now. And that's why I use the silent treatment as one of my boundaries. And I cut people off. Like really without word, it's pretty much a ghost. So I think I still like, yeah, it's like a manipulation in a way. Like it's definitely not a healthy boundary. I haven't always ended things on a bad note with people, contrary to popular belief. Like I draw boundaries for sure. And I've drawn strict boundaries of no contact, but it's usually when I feel like I've been like wronged, you know, I don't freak out for no fucking reason. Do I freak out a lot and to a dramatic extent? Absolutely. I have no self-control over my emotional reactions sometimes, but sometimes like relationships and friendships have ended in the past just because it like, we kind of outgrew each other. Like there was just like a peaceful, like, all right, we're moving on. And I've mostly gone no contact with people just because it's like, for me, the healthiest thing to do. Like, I don't necessarily think that that works for everybody, but if you haven't done it, I recommend it because I think healthy separation, not only does it give you a little bit of room to miss each other, but I literally have, they come, they go tattooed on me and I want to get, but they always come back added to the bottom. Because I think that no one really ever leaves your life for good, unless they die. That's a little dramatic and dark. I'm sorry to me to go there, but that's immediately where my mind went. And even then, I believe in the fucking afterlife. Like, I'm like agnostic. I'm spiritual. Hey, now. But I just like, I don't know if I'm going to stick around here. But I do think that people's energy lingers. And I think that there's just like, I don't know. Like, just... I just don't want to hold on to things. And that was a boundary I drew for myself and like a self-inflicted wound that I was like kind of reopening was being sad about it. And I used to stalk people that wronged me, like my first ex-boyfriend. And I lurked and got my fucking feelings hurt. He literally got back together with his ex after me. And I was like, damn, like I was down bad. I was like, so I was the rebound. Hmm. But I learned not to do that anymore. And no contact is the best. I... DM'd a motherfucker off Visco one time. I will never sacrifice my self-shame for that ever again. But if I feel like I want to reach out to people, I will. I just felt like that was a situation I needed to make peace with because I talked about like the fact that I hold on to things. When I let myself become a doormat like that, I feel like I need to speak up and almost emotionally react because I felt like a lot of people didn't stand up for me. So I get like fucking hysterical. Like that's like my inner child getting all like worked up like that and crying all over TikTok and like just being like an emotional fucking wreck. Like, because that's, that's just like reaction. Like that's just go-to. And it's like a venting. It's cathartic as fuck for me to post those videos. Like, I don't even care if they get sent around in the group chats. It helps me let go of things. Like I need to speak things out into existence, but I don't allow, like as a healthy boundary, allow myself to check up on people that I've removed from my life or have chosen, chosen? to leave my life because that's just not, that's not healthy for me. And I don't need to obsess. In the last couple months, I've just chosen like, let it go. Like I can't live in the past. And that's a huge problem for me. And I allow myself literally another boundary. 
a fucking hour a day to like pity myself. And that's it. If I'm really feeling down bad, like we can go an hour 30, but that's, that's fucking it. And I, if you guys like don't do that, I recommend it helps so much. I just like listen to music, like sometimes sad music, sometimes happy music. And I just like disassociate because that's like my own form of meditation and like clearing my head. I don't allow myself to think about anything that's like giving me stress for that hour and 30 minutes, or I do, and I let it consume me and eat me alive for that hour and 30 minutes. And then once the hour and 30 or hour is up, I'm like, okay, we're dropping it now. Like my friend always says, drop the anger, like just let it go. And that's been like the healthiest boundary I've drawn this year. Like, let me be the first to say. But something that I want to like talk about too is like what I do when someone breaks one of my established boundaries, because that can be like a huge emotional trigger for me. But just today, like I I literally, again, one of them is recording myself crying. That is for whatever reason, really fucking cathartic for me. And even before TikTok, I would record videos of myself crying because like I wanted myself to see on days where I thought shit was really bad, that like it has been worse, you know? Like I've been more upset. Even though I don't even know where those videos are, I just ended up like deleting them after. But it feels good to kind of talk about things. And even when I felt like I could talk to no one about it, I could always talk to my camera roll. So if you ever feel super stressed out, literally record a fucking rant. Like just talk your shit. Like you're giving a public speech on like why you fucking hate your life right now. Like that is just, it. that's like how my TikTok started. Like I'm not even gonna lie. And how like I kind of started talking to myself and like realizing my brand was I would just like record myself rambling about some shit that was pissing me the fuck off. And it kind of worked out. But I like to like journal, reflect, meditate on the other end of the spectrum. But journal, reflect, meditate, and like ask myself if it's possible to come up with a solution on my own because I, I get really overwhelmed by people crossing a line with me. And I try not to emotionally react. And sometimes I can respond, but other times I have to consult my therapist on that. I always check in with her before any kind of confrontational conversation, especially emotionally confrontational, because it can go bad very fast. I have a tendency to kind of overreact and draw unhealthy boundaries when my boundaries are broken. Like I can then just up the ante. I'm extremely sensitive and reactive. My whole life, I've been told I have the thinnest skin out of anyone that anyone's ever met. And my anxiety makes me think of worst case scenarios. So I just like am constantly kind of going down the wrong route of like, that's why I immediately think to cut people off because I just automatically assume like they're being toxic, but sometimes they aren't. And I'm just being toxic by like wanting to cut them out. Like you really have to examine yourself and your intentions before you know, making such a severe boundary like that, where you're going to choose to remove someone from your life, specifically friends, because it's like, it's a lot. Like that's a big commitment to go no contact with someone. And I think it's a pretty drastic decision too. You know, like it's just something I like to talk about before I do it, because it's not always the best decision. And I've lost a lot of important friends for that reason. No one I haven't gotten back though. The importance of an apology. That kind of brings me to like who in my life is great at like modeling boundaries and like setting these boundaries. And I also talked about this in therapy because I really admire her, but my little sister, Molly, she struggles with pretty severe anxiety, but she's always been clear on her limits and like what kind of makes her uncomfortable. Like she has never had to give much of an excuse, just said, no, this is out of my comfort zone. Like sometimes she's had some you know, like panic attacks and breakdowns as people with anxiety do. But she's really firm in like what she doesn't want. 
and says it and means it and stands by that decision. I am easily fucking persuaded. So people can talk me out of a decision very easily. That and I'm indecisive. So when I say something, I don't always mean it. Molly fucking means it. Molly's quiet and contemplates shit. She always explains to me like, I'm non-confrontational and you're confrontational, MK. Like she said that to me when I was home and I was like, you're not wrong. Like, how do I get like you? Like what? I think a lot of my friends are really good at setting boundaries too. Like they have a better ability than me to let go of situations. My roommates are fucking sick at it and like really emotionally in tune and really emotionally like communicative. And I love them for that. Like they're the best at even like hearing me out and validating my feelings. Like we all kind of know like what we kind of need from each other. And it's very like symbiotic. It works well. We're all like on the same, I feel like wavelength. And then my friend Kylie in particular comes to mind because she just is like so sure of herself. Like when I think of her, I just think that she just has it all together and is very firm in what she believes in and like what is for her and what isn't for her. And when she draws the boundaries, she sticks with it. She means it. She stands by it. And I really admire her for that. The key elements, I think, like personally to setting up a healthy boundary, if you guys are like trying to establish how to do this for yourself, number one is sticking to it. Like don't go back on your word, you know, like say what you mean and mean what you say, say it with your fucking chest and then hold to it. Like, don't let someone make you go back on your gut feeling. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, people can make you feel, like, belittled and small and make you question your own choices. Like, people get in my head like that with my anxiety just fucking today. Literally happened this morning. But I, like, had someone cross a boundary today and I just completely freaked the fuck out. Like, I didn't really stick to it and I allowed them to continue to talk about something that triggers me. And I like didn't, (laughs) I didn't stand up for myself. And I ended up driving away because I wanted to fight or flight and cried my way home in the car and then screamed in front of my house in my car. Forgetting cars aren't soundproof. That's embarrassing. Another thing that I think is a key boundary or key element to a boundary is considering how both parties are going to be impacted. But ultimately, it is about your happiness and your comfort zone and what's best for you. I think you need to remember that. Like, you always got to put yourself first. As someone who forgets to do that shit, put yourself first. That's how you become a doormat when you don't consider how you're feeling. Like, check in with yourself too. Consider both parties, but check in with your fucking self. And then I think forgiveness is really important. Like, don't let past traumas or resentments impact a current judgment call. And that's a really big one for me. I also believe, like, in second chances— in some cases, I think that that might just be me seeing the good in others. But I feel like, I don't know. I think that some people can change and like can adapt and can grow and can become self-aware with help. So I think that's important. Like therapy is another one that I'd add, like the key element to setting a healthy boundary. Because if you're boundaryless, like if you're the doormat, You're going to need some help becoming the fucking lock on the door, becoming the doorknob. People can turn you. Some people can come in. Some people can't. That's what a boundary feels like. Like you're literally that person who like the bouncer who moves the rope. That's the boundary. That's the line. How do I personally set healthy boundaries is like something that I also kind of wanted to touch on because I know that's like an element. These are elements, but like, how do you put it all together? You know, 
I think learning the balance between prioritizing yourself but not being selfish with decision-making is ultimately the most important aspect of it. Like at the end of the day, it's all about you. It's literally all about you and your comfort zone, what you're comfortable with. I completely just continue to reiterate this point because it's like, I always thought that, I don't know, it was about setting boundaries for other people, but you can set boundaries within yourself too. So balance is definitely key. Then also knowing like what I'm comfortable and uncomfortable with personally is a huge one. Like knowing myself, like trusting myself, trusting my gut and trusting that I know what's good for me and what's not good for me. Because I think I've struggled with self-doubt a lot in the past. And that's ultimately what contributed to me lacking boundaries or lacking the ability to set them. And the more that I kind of learned my self-worth and started to care more about how other people talked to me and treated me and realized that like the way that I talked about myself and stood up for myself was going to impact that. Like that's when I kind of started to care about myself more. I think a lot more. And I think that's why I need to remind myself to care about myself because lately I've been kind of down tremendous. Like I (laughs) get it together. How do these boundaries though like differ in romantic and platonic relationships because I've mentioned that I've had to set them for both. But I kind of push away people closest to me by creating these unhealthy boundaries. And that goes back to being a control freak. But especially when it comes to my emotions, because I feel like I can't control them. And I've always been told I'm a lot and too much and too sensitive and too thin-skinned and take things too literally. And I feel like that's what kind of contributed to the emotional outbreak because that's the only time people fucking listen to me was when I was getting hysterical. So now I have to get fucking hysterical for people to listen to me, but they're already listening. Like, I just need to chill. But these are, like, more common for me, like, pushing away people in my romantic relationships because my friends, like, they know that it's just a phase and I'm going through something. Like, men don't really, I feel like, understand your emotions as much in that sort of sense. So it's hard for them to empathize with that. And I feel like they're just like, okay, bye. But like my friends don't give up on me that easily. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel like that. But in my platonic relationships, though, I feel like I give too much trust too soon. And I let my guard down before I probably should. Because then when I open up and I'm too emotionally vulnerable, these people who, you know, are friends with me for the wrong intentions, then weaponize that and use that against me. And like tell other people and like make me seem small and make me feel small, even though no one can make you feel any sort of way. My therapist is right about that. It's her favorite line to me because I always say, make me feel, make me feel. And she's like, no, no, no. I care a lot for my friends. So it sometimes can make it hard for me to draw boundaries because I feel like they can kind of seem hurtful. Like I feel a little, it's awkward. It's awkward as fuck to lay down a boundary. In a sense, it is confrontational. And it's like getting real about like, you know, how you function and like what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And I feel like people can kind of see it as offensive sometimes. And people just like worry about, you know, how that's going to impact the friendship. But if they're a healthy friend and not a toxic friend, they should be okay with a healthy boundary. You know, like I think that's pretty rational. Like I'm the type of person, for example, who, if I don't want to go out, I don't want to go out. Like if I've made up in my mind that I don't feel well, and I don't feel comfortable with going out because I'm not in the headspace to go out. I 
don't go out. And I don't tolerate when people try to like drag me out, like saying like, oh no, come on. Like there's all this going on. You're going to miss out. You're going to be so jealous. You didn't go like blah, 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 blah. Like all the psychological manipulation. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not budging. Like I'm sitting here, I'm watching my movie and I'm not going to spend a fucking dime tonight because I'm broke. And I am probably still hungover if I'm not going out that night. So it's just like something that I also don't cross that boundary with other people. Like where if my friends, like I literally just had a friend text me tonight that she like is trying to work on herself and is not going to drink and not going to go out tonight. And I just was supportive because that's all I can be. Like you can draw that line. And I asked why, like, I think you're allowed to ask, especially if they're your friend and they don't have to provide you with an answer. Like no one owes anyone anything in a friendship. It's just like built on trust that like, they're going to tell you that, you know, I think it's just like, more complicated to set boundaries with friends though. And I think I have more compassion for others than myself sometimes. And that's definitely why I am always considering how the other person is going to feel by like my decisions. And then in my romantic relationships, I feel like I can be overbearing with boundaries and like less trust in these sort of relationships. And it's harder for me to let people in this way, like fear of vulnerability and shame. And all that I can recommend is like, if you struggle with that is to be completely honest about how you've kind of dealt with unhealthy boundaries in the past. Cause a lot of mine are fostered for my home environment. Like whether it's romantic or platonic, like being straight up and putting it out there about like, I don't know how to have a healthy relationship is a lot more fucking respectable than you like, you know, not communicating that. And I think that's something that I even struggle with sometimes is like communicating how I'm feeling or why it's hard for me to talk about something And I think if you just like get real and, you know, like trust that it's your friends and like they're going to love you and respect you regardless of what you say, like it's okay to lay down the law sometimes and like just be like, hey, just, you know, like we can't talk about this or like I don't feel comfortable doing this or whatever, you know, like I think it's just something that you kind of learn over time. And then even to kind of go into like familial relationships and how like those boundaries are laid down. I think that something that I struggle with, with my family is like, again, like they emotionally manipulate me because they view me as like the strongest in a way, which is ironic because I've always been the fucking punching bag. So it's like, okay, cool. Which is it, bitch? Like, am I being kicked when I'm down? Am I the deadbeat or am I the gold star kid? Like I can never really figure it out. But I think it's just hard because really good example, I was flying to San Francisco to go see my little sister and they had just declared a state of national emergency for monkeypox in fucking San Francisco. And I was like, wow, well, they're saying that it's spreading through contact of like people. And I'm like, oh my God, you're fucking kidding. Like, what if we go on this airplane and I touch the seat and I contract fucking monkey virus, monkeypox, whatever the fuck. Sorry, not to be insensitive, but I was just like, we don't know enough about it. Like, is this going to be like a COVID thing that like people just slowly start spreading? Because when it first came here, everyone was like, no, it's definitely starting to affect like more people than they ever thought that it would. And I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, no, like I do not want to go on a plane. They were just declared like the first place that declared a state of fucking national emergency or like health emergency was fucking San Francisco. And we were supposed to go there like literally that weekend. So I'm calling my whole family and it was for my little sister's graduation gift. My dad was taking her out there. It was not even about me. Like this was not even my trip. 
my fucking mom like blows me up because I had mentioned briefly to my little sister that I didn't want to go. And all of a sudden, even though I had been invited two weeks before, like my flight was booked probably a week before, I was suddenly the sole reason that my little sister was going on this trip. Like the whole family starts blowing me up. My older sister, my dad, my little sister, my mom. And it becomes my fault that I'm nervous about going on the plane. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll drive. And my therapist was like, what the fuck are you doing? Just say you don't want to go. Like if they're upset, allow them to be upset. And I was like, yeah, but there's so much like, I'm going to feel guilt. I'm going to feel shame. Like I'm not doing what I can to you know, meet my family. And my dad called me and was like, you know, it's okay if you don't come. Like, I just want you to come for my birthday. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like the guilt trip is so fucking unreal. And so again, like I just got bullied and not like bullied, but you know, like manipulated into breaking out of my own comfort zone for the sake of protecting everyone else's. Like to make everyone else happy, I had to make sacrifices and I always have had to with my family. And I feel like that's a line that I failed to cross with them and a boundary that I failed to set always is protecting myself emotionally when it comes to them. And I don't, I don't, I don't have that ability. Like they don't let me do it. And I tried to like voice that to my therapist and she's like, no, like you can do it. Like you are fully allowed to do it. And I was like, it will like tear me up inside and they'll make sure that it does. Like they're going to pour salt in the wound. So that's something that I struggle with my family. But after that last vacation and I had talked to my therapist about the result was me getting on a flight, even though it made me uncomfortable. I kind of talked to both my parents and I said, listen, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't fucking do this. And my mom had ripped into me when I was in San Francisco. Like I had texted her that I needed help with something. And she completely misread the text, ripped into me, freaked out on me. And I had to block her. And that was like, what I consider an unhealthy boundary is having to block my mom, but she couldn't stop texting me, like was obsessive with it. Just like shameful, like, oh, I'm such a bad mother. You're right. You don't deserve, like, it's almost cynical in a way. Like, I just can't, the guilt trip is so fucking real. The shame, like my parents parented by shame. And I think that's why I feel bad about setting boundaries because they've made me feel bad about it. Like boundaries feel shameful in a way to me. And it's not fucked. It feels shameful to protect myself and to have limitations as a human emotionally and physically. That's fucked. I wonder why I'm in therapy. Anyways, so then I bring this to my therapist, right? Like I'm in the end of my session. I'm like, yo, like I'm doing this podcast. I'm talking about healthy boundaries. Like, what do you think that I should talk about? Like, what would you say? And kind of some advice that she had. And so she goes in to open this book and reads to me the three types of boundaries. And so there's external physical boundaries, which is how close someone gets to you. Kind of like examples of this is asking someone to move closer to you. Or you say like when they should stop or like, you know, like how close someone can be in proximity to you. Boundaries are yours to determine, no one else's, and no one can tell you if you're right or you're wrong about them. And I fully believe that. Like, I'm behind that statement. So boundaries can be like sharing something, personal space, listening to your private conversations, exposing you to illness, and they can vary by culture and gender. You know boundaries with certain people and sitting close to like a family member of one gender and like away from another is like another example of the external physical boundaries. And then there's external sexual boundaries, which is a form of physical boundary. It's much more clear and unambiguous. When someone is approaching me sexually, I have the right to determine who, what, where, when, how, 
And if I want to, other people have that right to be clear with your boundaries. They can lead to fear. And the less clear you are or lack of apparent power or self-esteem, you may resist less to violations of your external sexual boundaries. So like, this is an example of if some guy grabs your ass, you can go, don't fucking touch me. Like you're allowed to say that, but some people love it. It just like depends on the person. Like everyone has very different external sexual boundaries. And then there's internal boundaries, which are psychological boundaries. And this internal boundary is to your psyche, what your skin is to your body is how she phrased it. And I was like, that's that's deep as fuck. So there's like listening versus speaking boundary, which kind of goes back to what I was saying about my sister. She's a listener. I'm a speaker. And I think that's interesting. Also kind of with like the silence. So looking at polarities that can operate in a dysfunctional state, like might be quick to explode or insult others just because they said or did something that they didn't like me. Actions become habitual ways of acting under stress, which I have a lot of internal boundaries. Then there's our protective internal boundaries, which filters info and feedback that you receive from the world around you. And when it works functionally, you're curious and trying to understand what others are saying. So even when others give constructive criticism or being hurtful, you hold high self-esteem with this boundary. So if it's true, you contemplate it and enhance your sense of self or improve it without it diminishing your sense of self. And if it's not, you can let it roll past you, realizing it reflects the person speaking and not yourself. Boundaryless in your internal means you're thin-skinned. So me, again, comments are interpreted in the worst way possible. Natural responses to not having a developed internal protective boundary. The absence of it is the failure to differentiate between someone else's emotional state and their own, which kind of creates codependency, which is literally the definition of poor boundaries, like unhealthy boundaries, aka all my relationships ever. A walled off means that you're protected by your boundaries. So you are in a sort of denial about what others think. It cannot be influenced. Like you are unable to have empathy for someone else because you've shut down. You've established a lot of different walls and a wall of silence. And that's a crazy protective boundary that I have and what I was talking about before. But my therapist mentions this wall of silence, right? And she fucking looks at me and goes, do you want to talk about the wall of silence? And I was like, what do you mean? And I was <laughs> like, oh no. She's like, think about how many people you've cut off in the last couple years alone. She goes, you stop talking to your mom, your dad, your little sister, your brother, your older sister, a couple of your best friends from home, a couple of your best friends from school, a couple of your childhood best friends, your own family. Like I cut off so many fucking people. It was so bad. Did I say my older sister? Like there was just everyone. Like I didn't talk to fucking anyone. Still don't really talk to my dad's side of the family. And I like am cutting people off left and right. Like anyone that had any sort of, you know, negative energy that was coming into my life, I just stopped talking to. Like I am queen ghost or apparently queen wall of silence. And I heard her say that and she's like looking at me and I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh God. Do I have any recommendations for breaking this? being fucking self-aware, okay? Like literally also admitting that you're wrong and you've made a really dumb mistake and you've cut someone off wrongfully. Like there's some shame in owning it, but there's also not a lot of shame in saying, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. And I'm sorry that I did that. And 
I was acting from a place of misplaced anger, you know? Like it is totally human to admit that you are wrong in a certain situation or if you've crossed a boundary or if you've, you know, established an unhealthy boundary and you later realize it. I think self-awareness is the first step, you know, admitting that you have a problem, corny as it is, it's the truth. And then the next step is just taking action to kind of right that wrong, you know? I've never really found any shame in apologizing. That's actually ironically, the thing that I feel the least shame in is like apologizing and explaining my point of view and why I made a decision or reacted the way that I did based off of prior experiences and why I acknowledge that that is probably wrong. And you can just move on. Like people, it makes you so much more fucking human to just admit it like, and to just say I fucked up. And half the time, the other person might even admit that they fucked up a little bit too. And it can help make them more self-aware. Break the fucking cycle. And then lastly, there's the containing boundary. I didn't, I forgot to mention that one, but it's the speaking boundary. So it's like what you say out loud to people, no filter. And I have that too. But I was like, oh, that's so me. And she goes, no, I think you should talk about the experience that you had with this guy. And I haven't really talked about this a ton yet, but I think that it's important because I think this is a great boundary that I established like very recently. That was pretty healthy in my opinion, but it was the first week of school of my senior year. So not too long ago, this was a month or two ago, a month. I don't even think a full month, maybe. And all my friends and I were partying all week and I was tired. I was like drank during the day. I didn't want to go out that night. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to smoke. And then when I had come home, I realized I had no fucking weed. And I was like, great. So I call my plug and I'm like, my guy, like, do you have any herb for me? Like, can I come pick some up? He was like, oh my God, I'm not home. I'm at my friend's, but they have herb here if you want to come and sesh with us. And I was like, okay, word. I'm like in no makeup, like literal sweatpants or sweat shorts and like a zip up and a little tank top. And I looked like shit. Like my hair was greasy. I was tired. Again, I had been day drinking and I'm going there to smoke. And from the minute I walk in, this drunk dude like was saying some shit, like, Show me your Down syndrome arm, MK. And that's fuck. I don't encourage that. And from the minute that he said that, I knew something was really off and I felt uncomfortable. And I looked at my friend. I don't joke around about stuff like that. So I look at my friend and I'm like, is he like fucked up? And he's like, yeah, like we all just got back from the bars. I'm like, cool. Can we smoke? Because I don't really want to like deal with that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. So we go into the other room. Like they're all playing poker. I'm like, I don't even want to be near them. Like if they're going to be fucked up and rowdy because I don't feel comfortable. I was the only girl there. The only girl. So I'm hanging out with my plug. This nice kid gets me um, some weed and like they brought it over and he's really sweet. He's one of the roommates that lives in that house. And my plug doesn't live there. It's his friends. And one of my friends from freshman year lives there. And then the rest of the house members I had met through mutuals or the week before, because I was literally at that house like five days prior. Also, I think visiting one of my friends. So I thought I was like good with everyone there. And I'm like taking, I think two shots with my freshman year friend and my plug. And then we start smoking. And then the boys slowly all trickle into the room that we're in. And I don't really think much of it until I'm talking about like some club event that I got asked to promote. And this motherfucker jumps down my throat, like immediately says, shut your whore mouth, MK. Same kid who made the weird derogatory comment from before. And I was like, excuse me? Like, I don't let 
anyone talk to me like that. Like my fucking mother would get slapped if she talked to me like that. Like the fuck did you just say to me? And he's like, shut your whore mouth. You heard me. And I look at my guy friends and they're like, whoa, like stop. And his roommate who was nice before who gave me the weed was like, we don't talk about girls like that. We don't call girls whores. And he just like kind of kept muttering under his breath. And I just like shook my head. I was like, I'm not going to do this today. And he just continues to like call me a whore and stuff. So I'm like, say it with your fucking chest. Like, what are you whispering over there that I can hear my name and every third fucking slur that you're saying about me? Like, just come out with it. Like, what the fuck are you trying to talk about right now? And he just literally starts attacking me and was like, what are you famous on TikTok for? Running your whore mouth. I don't believe you were promoted or like asked to promote anything. You're literally just known for running your fucking whore mouth. Like who would ask you to do just ripping into me? Starts to stand up and move from the opposite side of the room to stand in front of me. And my friend goes, dude, this is why we don't call girls whores. Because at that point, I'm so pissed. The vein is popping out of my head and I'm screaming back at him because I'm like, what the fuck is this kid going to do? Hit me in front of a room of people, like literally. And he's just continuing to like antagonize me. And he's like, so what's good? So what's good? Show me your fucking DMs. Show me that you were asked to promote it. Like aggressive. His friend's like, this is why we don't call girls whores. And he's like, no, this is why we don't fuck with MK, right? And he started to get closer and lean in. And I was like, yep, I got to get the fuck out of here because I've been hit by a guy before and I didn't really do anything about it. And it was my biggest regret that I just kind of let it happen to myself. Like I was pretty badly assaulted my freshman year of college. And his energy that night was also by a drunk frat dude. I was like, this is exactly, exactly what I'm kind of getting right now. So I ran out of the house. I'm like, I'm leaving. I can't fucking do this. And he's like, good, leave, bye. And I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You're fucking weird. Like literally fucking psychotic. I leave. I fucking go to a party that my friend's at down the road because I don't want to fucking be there at that point. And my friends were trying to talk to me. I'm like, don't make excuses for that behavior. They're like, him and his girlfriend just broke up, blah, blah, blah. He's been drunk ever since. I'm like, that is never an excuse to treat someone you barely know like that. To be that fucked up, put his ass in bed, dude. Like, that is not okay. I was like, he's a danger. Like, if he's going to get in the face of me, someone he barely knows, over a conversation with a sober girl, like, when he's that cocked, like imagine what he's going to do to someone he actually knows personally that he feels has wronged him. Like, I'm not going to be here for that. I'm out. And I couldn't even order an Uber because there was no fucking service in that area. So I just left and I cried and I walked around that night. Like I got more drunk. I just like didn't even want to be sober at that point. Like it was really scary. And I was crying because I just felt like that was a reflection of me. And I did internalize it at first but I just drew the boundary to let it go the next morning and not really think too much of it. And that karma comes for people like that. And that's something that helps me. Like if you're struggling to get over a situation and let go of the past or like some sort of trauma, just know that all wrongs are righted. Like bad things come to bad people. And if you're a good person, like your luck will turn around. It's like the wheel of fortune. Like what goes up must also hit the fucking fan. Like, It'll just, what goes around comes around. I just have faith in that simple statement alone. And that's what helps me fucking sleep at night. Sure enough, (laughs) my friends and I are at the bar a couple days later, like a week later. And we hear from the ex-girlfriend that this man literally assaulted a guy. Like 
he's fucking crazy. Like broken and assaulted someone. So like, I guess I was right to make the judgments that I did because I never got an apology from him. I got an apology from all of his fucking friends who were so embarrassed by his behavior. But I had to go up to him when all of my friends were there and I felt comfortable approaching this man. And I was like, do you remember what you said to me the other day? Like, that was fucking crazy. Like the way that you reacted and he's like, yeah, I don't remember, but my friends told me. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like, why didn't you text me and apologize? They all have my number. Why didn't you DM me on Instagram? Like, where was your effort to reconcile the situation? And he just seemed meek. So I think he's got a lot of shit going for him. I heard he got kicked out of his fraternity. So what's meant to be will be. I don't really want any part of that kid. And that's a line that I had to draw. But like, I had to just walk away. Like, I couldn't get myself involved with that. And I had to pick my battle. I really fucking struggle with picking my battles. But that was one that I was like, maybe this fight isn't really worth it. That's my advice. Is like, if there's one thing that you can learn to do in your 20s is to learn to pick your battles. As someone who is very resentful, very anxious, very emotionally reactive, it's not always worth your fucking energy, you guys. Like, protect your peace. Pick yourself and put that energy into you or something you love or someone you care about. And like productive energy, like channel it, change it. Use it for good and don't waste it and waste your breath on people who don't deserve it. Like some people are just going to make up their minds about you that they don't like you. That was a lesson I learned when I was young. And you just have to kind of roll with it. Protect your peace. Draw that boundary. Leave it the fuck alone. You can't let things bother you and let people bother you like that. That's a boundary I still learn about. And if you are struggling to set healthy boundaries, I would recommend therapy for sure. I would recommend some sort of professional help and kind of just learning to emotionally communicate better and learning your own comfort zone and your own flexibility and what you will take and what you won't, how you think you deserve to be treated, how you can improve that. Like, just remember that you're putting yourself first and don't feel guilt or shame about that because you're going to feel worse guilt and shame when people violate your boundaries and you did nothing to stand up for yourself and did nothing to correct that behavior because I've been there and it's been really shitty. And if someone has wronged a boundary of yours, like make sure you're continuing to express that that's not okay and reiterating that boundary because you, again, deserve to protect your peace and deserve to have your own best interests looked after, whether it's by you or other people. Like you don't always have to have your own best interest at heart but I think you need to consider what's good for you in every situation and how any sort of outcome is going to affect you ultimately. What I've realized over the past year alone is that you are the most important person. Like at the end of the day, all you fucking have is yourself and your passions and everything that you care about. And I think that you should be something that you care about. That's a lesson I'm still trying to teach myself because I think healthier boundaries will result from that and having healthier internal boundaries and healed internal boundaries and not being so walled off and more containing boundaries, like just kind of learning the difference between healthy and unhealthy, because I think I've only ever had unhealthy models for me, but I think it's just going to take a lot of therapy and medication if we're being fucking for real. Like if we're being honest, like I don't really know what is the total definite cure-all. I don't think there ever really is anything that's just going to magically make shit better. I think it's all gradual. Like change is just so slow, but I feel like all good things 
I don't know. I was about to say all good things come to an end, but that's not at all what I meant. Like all bad things come to an end. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. And I feel like I'm beginning to ramble. So I'm going to go and think I need another bowl. But I love you. Follow my socials. Thank you for listening. My Instagram is MaryKate.Willis. My TikTok is MaryJane.Kate. My backups are the blonde girl on TikTok with a zero in blonde and a one in girl. And at MaryKate.Willis. And make sure you add my snap at MaryJane.Kate. I cannot wait to tune you guys in for more chaos next time. And I, I don't know. I need a fucking bowl. I love you guys. Have a great day, night, evening, life. <laughs>